Hello guys, welcome to episode uh, seven of season one, and this is going to be an absolute blast. Uh, it's going to be a blast for me, so I know it's going to be a blast for you, because we are talking with our reigning Ms. Great Britain for 2023, the lovely Larissa Hurst. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. It's lovely to be here. How are you? I'm excellent. All the better for speaking to you. Now, I've been looking through, I have my notes in front of me, and uh, I think we were, we were speaking before we actually press record um, about how comprehensive your preparation was for yeah. chatting today. It was actually incredible. Seven pages of notes. I asked you for a bio <laughs> and some, and I sent you some questions that were, that were likely to touch on or what have you. And I literally got a manifesto sent to me, which is <laughs> utterly brilliant because it makes my job so much hard, uh, so much easier. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to to do that so um how's it been since winning it's been amazing it's just it feels like it was yesterday but also a really long time ago already um so yeah just busy planning um getting to know Gina and Maddie more speaking with you and Saffron it's just been amazing just the last few weeks and I'm really excited to get my teeth fully stuck in and just yeah really go for it brilliant what have you got planned coming up We've got the Alex's Wish Ball. Uh, that's like our first event um, with Gina and Maddie. Um, I'm already looking at running a couple of events next year with them and independently as well. So my platform is Feminist and Heels. I'm sure we'll go into that. We've got we you know a bit of time to go through that. But next year may be general election year. So it could be a really important year for me. So maybe it was quite serendipitous that I won this year. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back. Well, I'm actually gonna read out your um your your history in terms of pageant placements wins and all this kind of stuff so yeah i'm gonna go quick here so if you are listening on plus two <laughs> or you might want to slow this one this one down so your pattern back back pageant background is as follows um miss southampton 2010 unplaced miss dorset 2010 second place miss dorset 2011 winner Miss England 2011 unplaced, Miss Hampshire 2012 unplaced, Miss Hampshire 2013 unplaced, Miss Hampshire 2014 second place, Miss England 2014 unplaced, Miss Hampshire 2015 winner, Miss England 2015 top 15 and brainy beauty winner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Miss... England 2016 top 15, Miss University GB, uh, sorry, Miss Universe GB 2017 unplaced, Miss Universe GB 2018 double award winner, yet unplaced um, yep. overall, and Miss Great Britain 2023 national winner. Woo, finally. That, <laughs> that is some, so yeah, it, it's interesting. So I want to, I want to unpick that a little bit because there, yep. it, there doesn't seem to be much of a theme in that like I can I can see how you went um sort of maybe first one unplaced finding your feet but then to come in second yeah. and then to what yeah. what was uh, talk talk the listeners through that journey because I'm interested to know what you were doing how you were approaching it and and all the rest of it yeah definitely roller coaster right there's been no big peak there's been no troughs it's just been really up and down um I think it always has depended on my headspace and the time I give to something. And I look back at those ones where I didn't do as well as maybe I wanted to as lessons learn. I probably didn't put in the effort that I should have. And I think I love learning. You can tell from my seven pages of prep, I'm a bit of a nerd <laughs> and um, ex-head girl here. And 
I think every time I didn't place, I knew, I knew why. I knew deep down why every single time. So the ones where I came second or first, or maybe I won an award, I'd worked really hard towards that. Um, I think, you know, like you said, when I first went in, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I watched what the girls at Miss Southampton did. And then that is why I placed, in my belief, at Miss Dorset second and then first. Then I think I was at uni, I wasn't really taking things that seriously. I was having a great time. And I just think my focus slipped. And while I loved doing them, I was doing them probably for the reasons that I made amazing friends. Two of my bridesmaids were girls I met through pageantry. And that was what I was taking from it. Was I really trying to win? Maybe not. Maybe it was just more of like a fun kind of hobby. But then around when I kept not winning Miss Hampshire, I started to get a bit annoyed and I went in in 2015 I thought I'm gonna nail this now I'm actually fed up I need to sort this out for myself and I went in and I just knew I had it and I had that mentality I had the right headspace and then from then on it's always been I've been a lot more committed so moving from England to universe again I didn't place but I learned a lot through doing that and then I managed to win the awards then I officially retired because pageants back in just a few years ago you couldn't carry on um, and I was 28 at the time I'd aged out. I also think all of those years from 2014 to 18 were always, I was told was my last year. I was always one of the oldest girls. So I also think potentially in my own headspace, I was a little bit like, it's my last chance. And maybe I got a little bit uptight and a little bit worried. Mm -hmm. um, but then taking five years out and then coming back, coming back to the Miss Great Britain organization, it just, it felt like I was brand new, but I had kind of the background about not being maybe as nervous on stage. And I just went full gung-ho, 110%, because I'd learned that if you don't do that, you won't win. And and also, like obviously looking at this, there's that was the, your first time in GB system, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. How, how did you find going from the different systems? Did uh, Because obviously there'll be... Um, girls listening to this thinking you know do I stick with one system do I chop and change do I can you yeah. get better for a system in another system what, what what would you say yeah I would say I'm a very loyal person you can see the years that I spent with England then I, I moved to, to University B and I, I think it's just I think you have to be careful about spreading yourself too thinly but I also knew through when I decided I'm going to come back I needed to find the right organization to come back to and make sure that I was the right representative and vice versa so I reached out to people in the pageant industry that I, I knew from back in the day and um, everyone was saying go for Miss Great Britain this is a great organization they'll treat you well it's really fun and that's what I wanted I thought if I'm going to come back and try and win a national title which was always my dream since I was 19 I thought I'm going to have to do it and enjoy it as well and not get too uptight and just like love the process so I went for it and absolutely loved it. It was so much fun. That's why it feels like it was the other day because we're still all chatting. I'm in a million and one WhatsApp groups with all the girls. It's just, yeah, it was an amazing system. Well, we loved having you from from start to finish and <laughs> and still do, by the way. Um, <laughs> so with um, with your your prep in the past, what did you do differently when you came into to GB? Because obviously, looking at, at this one, this was the first one you you entered and and knocked it down on the first go so what <laughs> what did you do differently coming into this do you think i am naturally not a very organized individual which you probably wouldn't get from all my prep i have mm. to force myself to do it i'm naturally a bit of a magpie all shiny thing and off i go so i have to 
you know, make sure that I stick to things um, because it's not in my nature. Maybe that means that that I work really hard on being organized because of that. So I got myself a goal book and I was signing up quite late for, for Miss Great Britain. I, you know, I thought about it for years. Um, and then I watched a girl I know, Jess Page, who was in Miss Great Britain and then went and won Miss Universe Great Britain. And I thought, if Jess has done this, I can do it. So she inspired me to go back. Um, so I put the application in literally the day after I watched her win. So I had only about 100 days from when I started to put the application in and about 70 days from when I was announced as a finalist. Yeah, so a short amount of time. And I just made sure I had goals. So I had three mini goals every single day that I would hit towards my ultimate goal of winning Miss Great Britain. I would write that down in a goal diary every single day. And that could be something really small, such as make sure to do a social media post to abseiling down a building for Cancer Research UK. It could be really anything, but it meant that I could look back if I ever maybe had an off day or I was a bit worried because I think it's really easy to look at other people doing stuff. I could go back and go, you've done the prep, you've done the work, it's fine. And that I think made sure that I felt like I was on the right road ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And I know obviously from reading um, your your bio and what have you is that you're very keen on manifestation goals uh, and what have you. So just lean into a little bit of, of that for me. So talk to me about your, yeah. your strategies around that. Yeah, I think um, I'm married. I have a, a lovely husband and he has this saying that um, he learned it from being a best man. So if people come up to you at a wedding and they say, oh, are you really nervous about your speech? And you say, oh, yeah, I am. You will be really nervous about your speech. But he always says, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And he genuinely loves speech. So he kind of imparted that wisdom into me. So when people in the weeks before were saying, are you nervous? Like, how do you feel about getting back on stage? Or, you know, all this sort of thing, or oh, you're a bit older. I was like, I'm really excited. It's the best bit. I've put the work in. I'm going to enjoy every single minute. And I think that just really came out. So I manifested it by saying it out loud. I kept saying to myself, oh, when I'm Miss Great Britain, and I would almost, it's not, it's not an arrogance. It's a self-belief. I, I truly believe that if you can visualize it, then, then you can see it. And I did look a bit, crazy backstage at some points when I would need to make myself look walk a bit taller or a bit better because my feet were hurting I would imagine wearing the crown to try and you know make sure that I could imagine it and I think if you can imagine it and believe it it will come out on stage and it I guess it, it did I also had lots of um, positive mantras all over my hotel room <laughs> the yeah. cleaners must have thought I was a little a little interesting but I just every time I wanted to go back to that room, I wanted to be able to see all the things that I'd put the effort into and I'd worked for. So yeah, it paid off. Yeah, yeah, a bit of <laughs> yeah, absolutely did. So did you have a strategy? Because I know you said that you maybe aren't the most or weren't the most organized person. <laughs> um, did you have a strategy about, um, you know, almost, I suppose, within, I guess, your corporate job which we'll touch on in, in a second is i'm assuming yeah. that you'll have some kind of either 90 day plan 120 day plan, maybe even a gantt chart or something like that, that you would work yeah with. um did you apply what you do in your job to the to the, the process yeah i think i did i think my job and the women that i work with day to day i think did have an impact on me um i think i run a team i manage people so i'm used to being in situations where i need to be a leader i need to feel comfortable standing up presenting so i think that's been the change for me over the last five years from when i last competed to coming back is i've grown up a bit 
I take my job really seriously. I represent my company externally. Um, things like I do LinkedIn lives for work. So when I got to do an Instagram live with Charlotte, it's almost like I had a bit of prep. Um, but yes, the organization, yes, I had an Excel of things that I needed to do. I did have that kind of um, timeline of, of what I needed to do by a certain date in, in my head. It's things as simple as making sure that you buy your dress you know, early on so you can have it tailored and practice walking in it as opposed to, I'll be honest, I've picked up a dress before and just like popped it on the first time on the night. So it's just, it was all of those little life lessons that um, I think I've learned from, yeah, my job, just where I've been before in pageants as well. Uh, the devil in the detail kind of thing. is Yes. Yeah. Like the, um, yeah. I, I do a lot of personal development, as you, as you probably know, either from yeah. me and Saf. Um, it's that kind of 1% margin different differential isn't it is that taking the just making the one percent slightly better like you know getting the dress early walking in it trying it's all those little one percents that used to be yeah. just put it on and walk or you know can i actually rehearse and deliver what i need to deliver in these heels obviously you not me because uh, be <laughs> uh, hey it's a brave new world yeah. um all, <laughs> all these little one percent bits that, that add up and accumulate to 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 produce yeah win or a success or a or a what have you yeah it also just makes you feel better because you just feel more confident like well I've ticked that box and then I think that again comes out you know I spent my Saturday night before the competition in a gym trying on all my clothes doing a full rehearsal my poor husband recording me throughout yeah. I rewarded him with a nice dinner afterwards but you know I could have easily just sat in front of the tv and that's fine you do you but I knew that I would feel better for it and I'd be able to go, you know what, that's fine. And I think because I have a job, which is, you know, I love, but it, you know, it's 40 plus hours a week. I needed to make sure I made the most of every little bit of time I had. I was away for a lot of September with work in America. I flew home to Heathrow. I put that bag away. I got my Miss GB bag out and I went straight to the masterclass on, you know, 10 hour plus jet lag. But I got myself there and it would have been really easy for me not to go. But I knew that I needed to be there. And I'm so glad I was. And luckily, I didn't get jet lag. I don't know how I got away with that one, but I did. Um, <laughs> so again, in my head, I know I've shown that I'm committed. I've shown that I can, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally get through that travel to be here and be really present in the room. And I just came out of that masterclass buzzing. And I think, again, that was putting myself in the right headspace um, to, to hopefully win. Yeah, and the, well, maybe there's just no time zones in pageant land. Maybe that's what, <laughs> maybe that's what it yeah. is. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but no, you wouldn't have known. You know, seeing you at the obviously at the masterclass and engaging with you there, you wouldn't have known that you'd have been absolutely shattered and flown in from <laughs> a red eye or something, whatever they call it. Yeah. And, and then yeah. had to do that. And I think obviously adrenaline probably plays a part as well in that you Big know you have to switch on and dial in and. Uh, and, and put on the on the best version and what and what have you so let, let's focus a little bit on your job because you've got a super interesting yeah. job it's yeah. I'm hoping I get this right it's head of global communications for yeah glo global content and communications yeah that is the one yeah so yeah. tell me about it's that yeah it's it's basically it's a very fancy title but I'm basically an in-house journalist for um a, a talent partner a recruitment firm around the world um we've got seven brands um I love my job I love my team my boss is just amazing um and it's been a, it's been so nice to balance that with 
pageantry and everyone has been so supportive to the point that they all asked me to put my crown and sash on at work and get some pictures of me typing at the desk they loved that uh, so it's been really really lovely but yeah it's, it's a serious job it's corporate um you know it's quite a juxtaposition from pageant land and I basically get to go and interview people around the world in quite predominantly male dominated industries I'd say from things like pharmaceuticals and law to finance construction etc but I love it um, and I think again from going from interviewing people to be on the other end of things that's been one of the best highlights for me through Miss GB is sitting there in front of the judges and and having the interview and thinking oh my god it's so weird to be the other out. and how did you find that like what what did what did you what did you take from being interviewed that makes you now a better interviewer and vice versa I think making people feel comfortable. I think the judges this year were outstanding. They were so engaging and smiley and you just felt at ease the moment you sat down with them. Um, so yeah, just making sure that people feel comfortable and that, you know, I wasn't asked any questions cause I just talked at them for two minutes straight, <laughs> lucky them. Um, but I, I could also feel that when we were on stage and we did the top questions again, they were all, you know, taking their role really seriously. And I think we've all been there at one time or another where you've been in an interview, you can hear them go, oh yeah, interesting. And then they move on. They clearly weren't taking it on board. So for me, it's to make sure when I'm interviewing, I'm super engaged in what the person's saying and to kind of feed back into that, to get those real nuggets out of them. Yeah, for sure. And what was your invoice, uh, sorry, what was your, um, what was your interview theme? What was your what was your platform that, that you chose to speak about? Yeah, so I talked first about how I got into pageants, which we've covered a little bit already. And then I talked them through. So early on in my career, I'd say early on, maybe middle of my career, I, I met someone through work who was very anti-feminist. And it really shocked me because I think since I've been a little girl, I've been a bit of a feminist. I think I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know the words, but I thought it was weird that I had to do dance and synchronised swimming, which are still fun, by the way, but the boys got to play football and rugby and it was just never talked about. So I've always been curious about that aspect. And yeah, when I went and met this person through work who was very anti-feminist, I thought, why would you not want to? But I suppose each to their own. And, and that's how ask, it got me thinking. Was, was that a male or a female? It was a female. Who was yeah. anti-feminist? Very anti, very, very, very anti. And I was really surprised. Um, yeah, I didn't really come across it from from men, but it was this very one senior female figure. And I thought, this is a bit weird. Mm. Um, but again, it's each their own. It's just everyone has different belief systems. But it made me really passionate about, well, I'm in a predominantly male dominated environment. I have always been interested in politics. I've always been interested in equality and feminism. So that's why I came up with Feminists in Heels. But this was a few years ago, and I honestly wear slippers more now. So I probably should change the tagline. <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe just put brackets like, maybe just yeah, bracket brackets. or slippers yeah or slippers depending on how i feel um, yeah. as long as it's um, not as long as it's not crocs then we're good yeah <laughs> uh, no I, I i know a few of the girls the pageant girls love the crocs i haven't got on board yet maybe one day um Never. but yeah for now it hasn't happened yet um but yes yeah, so i came up with that and it's all about getting more women's voices into into places of power and politics is one of the most powerful places to be so mm. that's that's the background really so what would you say is your because obviously i know that there is an extreme of everything you know whether it be diets right the way through to religion politics and, and others so where do you sit within the, the the feminist um i suppose sphere where 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 are you on that scale 
Yeah, well, I think I'm a very proud feminine feminist. I think you can you can pick and choose what works for you. So I'm married, I had a big white wedding, but me and my husband took each other's last name. So we're the Palmerhursts together. Um, my dad didn't give me away, but he walked me down the aisle. That's what worked for me. And I just always think as long as it works for you and you feel comfortable, then I think that's fine. I think it's when you question, why is this this way? And can I do something about it? That I think that's when you should start thinking about does the system work for you and it doesn't it doesn't always and I think when you look at the history of politics in the UK we've had a few female prime ministers we've had a few female politicians but not many and you start to wonder why and you look into it and you know what there's plenty of pageant girls that make amazing prime ministers so that's why I want to get these girls into politics (laughs) absolutely and you know I think um obviously with 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 what you were saying there um, do you do you think do you think that you would want to end up going down that road and and actually going for the top spot? Is that something that's actually <laughs> on your, your goal board? What's what what's... my mum always says that to me. She says I came walking, talking out of the womb. I love talking to people, and I think the best politicians out there are the ones that know their community inside out from that's my personal opinion um i'm a official cancer research uk ambassador you have to be politically neutral i do not care who someone votes for as long as you exercise your right to vote there are so many people in the world that don't have that right and we have that in this country we fought for it please use it and if you don't know who to vote for you you're not sure that they're representing you do your research and I can help come into my DMs on Instagram. I can I can walk you through where you can find the information on what your MP votes for, where, what su- causes they support. And if they don't represent you, you can replace them. You have the power. They work for you. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I want people to feel empowered with politics. And I think sometimes people don't. Um, and if there isn't the right person out there, maybe you're the one for it. But as a Cancer Research UK ambassador, I'm officially politically neutral. Uh, but I would love to get more people involved. In mm-hmm. So b- being neutral, what what would you change if you could? Well, I would... For me, I think that it's very easy when you've just lived through an experience to just take that with you somewhere. And I think more more politicians should just find out what's actually going on in their community and find out what people really care about. And I think especially the more senior you become, if you're a cabinet member, for example, it can be really easy just to stick to that day to day. And I always feel it must be quite hard for constituents when their MP is, you know, top dog or, you know, in the cabinet because... I imagine that's a really tricky balance of you've got your local community that voted you in, but you've also got to serve the country. And I do think that's really difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. It's a really hard job. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if if I could ever do it, but I think it must be so rewarding to also represent the people that you care about on that scale. Um, so, yeah, just make sure you really know what people want and, you know, don't just don't become tone deaf don't just you know get stuck in those echo chambers that would be my top tip and do you think <laughs> not that they're listening but who knows maybe Rishi hey, is listening do you, do you think there is, do you think that's the fundamental difference because I think about um, you know I really love business so I kind of look at the UK as as a business for example politics really it's a business is being able to to yeah. manage balance sheets and the people and 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 all the rest of it um yeah do you think that um that if they were more connected on, let's say, you know, you took the the top 
brass and you put them almost within the trenches because generally speaking when you have a huge corporate company you may have even experienced this yourself the people at the bottom yeah. really know what should be happening more so than the people at the top because they yeah. they have a different way of looking at things but actually fixing things at grassroots level versus trying to go top-down approach generally you know doesn't work it works in, in very few you know in some areas but on the whole within let's call it a business usually bottom knows how to fix the problems that are happening at the bottom and, and the communication doesn't get to the top um do you think that that's where where we're at at the moment i do i do think that's true and I, I think some of the most admirable mps are the ones that you know are at that level where maybe they're new and they're you know not quite you know sucked into the system just yet and i think there's lots of things that happen in the system um that can work towards or against MPs. So I met an MP at the weekend, Dawn Butler, and she is notoriously known for calling Boris Johnson a liar in Parliament, and she got ejected. Um, that's quite interesting because obviously we all know what happened a few years later. Uh -huh. But anyway, she was saying that you could they basically pick and choose the rules. They can pick and choose whether she was ejected that day or not, and they and they chose to eject her. So you know, there's a million and one things that they can pick and choose what to do with, um, and I suppose it just depends on what suits them at the time. The grassroots is, I think, the way that, that things work in my community. I know my MP um, does a lot locally. And I think that, you know, that that gains them the respect. And I think it's more important now than ever. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. You want to know that the person that's in charge of where you live really does care about you. And I know that sounds really soppy, but that is important. I also think you should vote on the person and also the party. I don't think you should vote for just one or the other because... Mm -hmm. An individual yeah. has a vested interest like anyone, right? Mm. And that, I guess there has to be an alignment between between the two. And, it, you know, if you have people, because there the has been a time, I guess, where you have individuals almost being polar opposites to the wider yeah. thought process, I suppose, of whatever party will do, whatever it's. Because I'll openly say, you know, um, I, I didn't vote for years because, yeah. and, and I served the country, you know, I, I went to Iraq in 2000. Yeah and all that kind of stuff and I was really yeah. quite bitter about um in my mind it was line up people and pick the worst idiot out of a bunch of idiots that's how I thought for a oh, long time yeah. yeah no uh, a lot of people feel like that but I think if you feel like that then what we have to do is find the right people and I think the only way we're going to find the right people is by engaging people in it in the first place I mean I know loads of people that haven't voted for years and I'm just always telling them please do my dad is actually one of those that has gone in before and has actually you can do a like a a void which I, to me it's wasting a vote but I also understand why he does it it's like I voted and I've told them I don't like any of you and I would rather somebody be honest and say mm. that than than not do it but I completely understand why people don't want to because they don't feel represented but we need to find those representatives we need to find those people in the community and there's amazing people out there that think oh I don't really fit in that world well change it you know it, it I hear it a lot like oh well I can't see myself in there so I'm not going to try it well I can't see anyone wandering around with a crown in there but maybe I'll give it a go one day <laughs> absolutely Who knows? yeah and and you know so I suppose back to um the I guess the the, the feminism piece how do you um because it, in the way that because I, I want you to be able to educate the, the listeners on actually what fem feminism is because you have yeah. the stereotypical burn your bra walk through the street <laughs> thing that, that that word can invoke in the ignorance yeah. right so yeah. so for you 
what what is what is feminism because you just said you know you're you're working in a male environment your your politics is predominantly a male environment you know there's not been yeah. very many female prime ministers um yeah. and at the same time it's that masculine you've got this masculine role and you're now sat with you know lovely makeup crown <laughs> you know, how how does that fit into that world as a feminist um yeah. because it's been it, it's it's always been such a polarizing conversation particularly to men and I would just love to understand it yeah I yeah I think um my beliefs probably back in the 70s and 80s I'd be the person flower bomb those pageants I'm joking I would never do that but (laughs) it is people just always think a feminist is like the bra burning pageant girls don't have brains it's all those stereotypes and I just think nobody is a stereotype nobody's actually that it's just you know it's a really uneducated way to to maybe think of think of women maybe um I as I said I've always been fascinated I was a bit of a tomboy when I was a kid that's why I was annoyed I didn't get to do those cool sports again I love dance don't get me wrong but I just thought it was interesting you know I don't think those problems are at school as much anymore and I know I work with an amazing woman who actually used to play football for England so clearly girls did get to play football somewhere I needed to grow up in that area um feminism to me means equality for men and women that is you know the the definition to me I choose the elements that work well for me and I think you know wherever you are religion politics wherever you're on a bit of a spectrum so I think for me I'm a proud feminine feminist I like girly things clearly (laughs) that's why I I love pageants I love the dress up and the glam Um, but I also I like equality I like equal pay I want to feel safe walking home at night and I think you have to bring men, you have to bring everyone on that journey with you. Because I think if you start bad mouthing an entire gender, you're not going to bring people over to you. Um, as I said, I've got an amazing husband. We both took each other's names. He's a proud feminist himself. And I just think, I think it's all about listening and learning to other people's experiences. And I think that's when you can start to understand um what it what it may feel like to maybe not feel equal and that's not just being a woman that's being you know a, a, a different you know in many different ways lots of different diverse characteristics that don't feel represented in this country um we just have to listen and learn and i think that's often when you you i like this this phrase that you've got one mouth but you've got two ears and i obviously you've got two eyes listen learn watch see and you'll start to pick up and I definitely think the world is is less black and white than I did 10 years ago. Mm. I think I'm much more now a, a a proud feminist than I was in my early 20s. And that's probably I've spoken to people with different experiences and I, I've, I've learned from that. So, yeah, that's Isn't kind it? of where I'm at. That's a really waffly answer. I do sound like a politician. <laughs> no, I like, I like cause you, you answered it without. No, you didn't. You answered it. You answered it. It was it was your own personal answer. It wasn't a yeah. um, a one size fits all answer. It was your answer, and that's and that's what I what I really wanted. Um, you touched on being an Alex's. Uh, sorry, you touched on being a cancer research ambassador, and I know you're really big into your into your charity work. So um, please take me through what your plans are uh, with all of that because that's really exciting about the about the ambassadorship as well. 
Yeah, so I've I've fundraised for cancer research for years. I'm one of the regular donors, and you can do it. It's simply you can just text on your phone. It's I think it's like three pound a month or something. It comes out your phone bill. You don't even notice it. Um, so my husband had cancer nearly a decade ago when we were just together. So um, literally just boyfriend girlfriend had moved in. We found out this. It was a tough time. Um, but just a few months after he had chemo and surgery, he was off running a half marathon to raise funds for the ward that treated him. Wow. Um, it was my idea, but he signed up a few weeks later. And he dragged me around that half marathon. I was absolutely awful. I don't know how he did it and how I couldn't do it, but we managed to achieve it together. And I think it's just, when that happens to you when you're in your 20s, it just makes you realize how precious life can be and what the bigger picture is. So yeah, we've been involved for years with different um, cancer charities. And through Miss Great Britain, I met Andrea, who is an incredible woman. And she told me about, you can actually become an ambassador. Um, she told us all at the masterclass how to do that. So I went home and I signed up there and then, and you you do, you know, it is an important role. There's a proper induction. There's a little bit of training involved. So yeah, you basically get to campaign in your local area and beyond. Um, I mean, the whole smoke-free campaign that they've put together now has probably been really instrumental in um, potentially some of the, the smoking um, bans that will be coming up um, if, if this government stays in power in the next few years, they'll be putting that through um alex swish as well so i fundraised for them through selling off my wardrobe it's still a little bit full but it's it's being emptied um so that's really sustainable it's good good for good for um the environment by recycling clothes and i think it was also good to clear out this room <laughs> it's probably really good for my marriage to have less clothes in here <laughs> um so that's how i fundraised for alex's wish and yeah they're an amazing charity i think it's really lovely about miss gb that you support you know, one that is quite probably well known nationally. And then Alex's wish is, you know, it's a smaller charity, but you know, the difference it makes is incredible. Um, so yeah, loving that. And we're going to their ball in a few weeks. I'm really excited. Wow. And you actually had an experience with the Shen. Was it growing up? What was the... So I went I went to school with a, 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 a boy who had muscular dystrophy. But you know, what was really interesting is I, I just never really asked the questions. I think when maybe you're a kid, you just are like, oh, so-and-so's in a wheelchair. Oh, so-and-so. You don't, I think children have such a lovely raw energy. It's just like, that's just normal. Carry on. They don't really pick up on things in that way. That It's that lovely kind of naivety. Um, and I just never questioned it. And then through being educated at the masterclass about Duchenne, I started to think, this really rings a bell. And I called my mum up and asked her, and she went, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I remember all of that. And I honestly had no idea, but, you know, we went to school together and still, you know, it, it's it's amazing, really, that you just, you were t you knew somebody that was touched by an illness, but you didn't know about that until now. So it just proves how important awareness really is, um, I think, anyway, through, you know, again, through Mr. GB, I would not have, would not have known that. Yeah, me, me too. You know, um, yeah. as a national director, I, I wouldn't know. First time I we came across it was obviously when uh, Saffron was was first crowned, or when, when I was there when she was handing over, and that was the first time I'd, I'd come across it. And now to sort of see where they've yeah. where they've gone from as well. Um, could, do you know whether the 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 lad is still alive? Whether he survived? Or... Yeah, he's yeah. still alive. Yeah. Wow. No. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, again, it's just you know, I think it's just so important that we raise awareness because when we were learning about what Alex's wish do so much of the the signs are things that you if you don't know about it you wouldn't pick up on you would just think oh so and so's just you know they're just late developer with walking and stuff like that that's what I really picked up on and it's 
you know at my age that I do have a lot of friends that are starting to have children so it's just something that's great now that I'm aware of because mm. the early diagnosis is obviously very important yeah and I think I'm probably going to butcher this quote but you know you probably have to correct me I'm pretty sure that Emma was, uh, was saying that this is the last yeah. generation to either die from it or the first generation to survive it long going is, is that is that right I'm not I'm I'm not sure I think it might be the second half but it, it I think it's because of the amazing research they're doing that it's not quite the death sentence that it used to be unfortunately yeah it's like they're that close to this being the last yeah. generation that that would potentially die from it and it being the first to actually survive it I think that's that could be right uh, but you can find it all out on the Alex's Wish website anyway and, and just make and you can find my quote on there I'm sure yeah exactly and that's the thing get on the website and and everyone get get you know find out what an amazing charity they are that's that's the that's the whole point yeah absolutely um do you know what it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you is there anything that uh, we've not spoken about that you would like to uh like to speak about that we've not covered um i think we've covered a lot i think um i think i would just say to anybody that's thinking about signing up for for you know miss miss great britain just just go for it you know like i could have you know, had a little bit of self-doubt and a little bit of confidence problems at the start, but just just do it. And if you're not sure, come and talk to me because I signed up within 70 days and I'm happy to walk you through what, what I did. Uh, it's not a blueprint, but it's just, you know, you want to go in feeling the best possible version of yourself. And I, I felt like that. And I think that came across on stage. So that's just to anybody thinking of doing it do it <laughs> oh fab. and also that extends to other pageants within the uk as well you know we're yeah. not obviously you know there's myself and saffron who are the national directors of miss great britain um but there's a lot of fab uh pageants out there as well you know if you want to go cut your teeth and and and, and lean into it a little bit more there's quite a few to go out there because i do want this podcast to be um you know a, a, well, a pageant worldwide kind of um yeah. uh, approach so yeah if you uh and you only have to go back and listen to some of the episodes that we've done with with some of the other guys as well as obviously Larissa. Just the quality of the people that you're mixing with. This is a huge thing that people underestimate. So you think pageant competition, sparkles, hair, makeup, all of that kind of fantastic <laughs> stuff, which which it is. But you are around such quality individuals that are holding themselves um, at a standard that you don't necessarily see within average daily life so in it, in, it, in it rubs off and you you hear it in their voices through in the interviews you you know obviously chatting to you now I've learned so much just by talking to you in the last 45 minutes I could only imagine what mm -hmm. I've learned from you by competing with you and becoming friends with you over time um with, yeah. in that world and and I don't think that's spoken about enough oh yeah no exactly it is and I you know I've learned a lot from you and Saf just in the you know short time that we've got to know each other uh, yeah the, the people I do think it's um it does make a difference to you you know I think there's a saying I, I don't know off by heart but it's about you know you surround, surround yourself with the average of the five yeah. people yeah you become the average yeah. of the five people you spend the most time with exactly and yeah I mean I was just oh my god who, look at this girl this girl's amazing I just I can't get over it. I just get these massive girl crushes every time and as I said <laughs> two, two of my best friends came through pageants so I just think you make those amazing you know lifelong connections and it they they have changed my life and yeah just don't give up right you don't you're going to lose more than you win. You know, statistically, if you really want something, you are going to, that is just the way it is. So just keep going. And if you want something, your time will come. It will happen. Um, it will happen when it, when it's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going in with the, the right level of, of expectation, just like if yeah. you're going into any other competition. You know, if you're a miss, I think this year, off the top of my head, I can't pull the numbers, but maybe we had 
I don't know, 30, 35 miss. So that's a one in yeah. 35 chance of winning. You know, the MERS probably same again, one in 35 or one in 30 chance of winning. So, yeah. you know, you, you have to go in definitely with, with your eyes open, but coming in for the right reasons as well. You know, a lot of pageant girls exactly. don't necessarily come in to win. They come in because of, you know, we, we obviously went through your, your history. You obviously went in to win some, but you also went in because of it was, what you wanted to do at the time and fun and just wanted to take part and meet new people, meet new friends. So, you know, come in with the right level of expectation and be willing to learn. And, you know, yeah. the yeah, the winner, the winner is always the right person. Exactly. I truly believe that. And I think it can really teach you resilience for me. I think it was really important that I didn't win all of those previous titles that I'd gone towards because I learned something about myself every single time. I always handled them with decorum there was one that was quite important miss hampshire 2014 i came second and um you know there was quite a bit of a hoo-ha actually <laughs> such oh, a really? lady term but yeah because i think the winner she was amazing but there was another contestant who had some issues and you know i could have easily gone down that same route i wanted to win rah 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 no and because i handled everything with such grace they gave me a spot at the miss england 2014 finals so wow. i just think yeah i just think handle you know loss with grace there was a learning point for me because I went back and I won it the next year and I'd learned exactly what I needed to do from that experience yeah. so I, I just think every day is a school day um learn resilience learn to cope with you know not always being the winner and I think you're always the winner then anyway you're also always just in competition with yourself yeah. I don't you know I saw those girls as amazing new people I can add to my life and my world I didn't see them as competitors so I just think that's the as long as you're the best version of yourself that's the competition you're in yeah and you know the the directors have everyone's best interests at heart they really do you know because we obviously we know holly from the 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 uh, yeah. galaxy lot and and other people and stuff like that and yeah. you know, they genuinely have people's best interests at heart and um, as do the judges a lot of the time that you know they're picking the right girl for it on the day and you know saffron's been on the end of it actually at an international level yeah and and it's it's how you you kind of walk away and go okay you know what's meant for me isn't going to go by me and we pick up and, exactly. and we go again you know because exactly. at the end of the day it's a fun hobby you know no one's making a yeah. uh, a living as a miss great britain or what have you unless they yeah. use the platform to go on and do other things but you know it's not a it's not a career it can certainly be a career ever elevator but it certainly yeah. is a career and it needs to sometimes perspective needs to certainly um, ensue, you know, post-final. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And I think it's a really good life lesson as well for putting yourself out there. I think that can always come with elements that are both negative and positive. And I think, you know, you it teaches you that level of resilience that, OK, well, if I want to win and put myself out there, I'm going to have to handle the negatives with the positives and be able to put my point across and you know stand up for myself and not everybody is in with pageants but I think it's just about proving to them why you are and making sure that you represent the organization the best way you can and yourself more importantly yeah exactly exactly you've got to do yourself proud be able to look at yourself at the end of the day in the mirror and go yeah I, I had a good day today Awesome. Where can people <laughs> find you? Where can people um, get hold of you or where can they find out about the Feminist and Heels movement? Where, where can we find you? Yeah, so the best thing is Instagram. I'm a, I'm a millennial, so I'm only just trying to get on TikTok. I don't know why bother with that. Um, Instagram, 
um, Larissa Hurst. I'm the I'm the only Larissa Hurst in the world, so it's really okay. easy to find me. I've got an unusual name. It's it means cheeky and playful in Russian. That's my name. So. Oh, okay. Just, what Hurst? Hurst means that, is it? Uh, Larissa. Larissa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cheeky and playful, which I think I am very like. I think that fits me. I think um, you need a middle name that means super smart as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not super smart. I think I'm emotionally intelligent. I'm not book smart by any standards, but I love learning. So you know, I didn't say anything about books. I just said smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I suggest I'm super yeah. smart. <laughs> hey, um, Larissa, um, it's been uh, what was it? Joyful and playful. What was the uh, the Russian? Cheeky and playful. It's been cheeky and playful <laughs> talking to you. I absolutely loved it. Um, guys, go see, go follow Larissa, what she's up to. Um, this was our episode seven of season one. I hope you enjoyed it. I really, really loved it. And please, if you like it, subscribe, share it, tell your friends, all that kind of stuff. And we'll see you on the next one round. Thank you very much, Larissa. Thank you.